Hello and welcome to our second episode of the Get Curious podcast with uh, myself, Brian, and my lovely friend, Laura. I say hello, Laura. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today we're going to reflect a bit about you know, the first podcast episode we created last, last time uh, and kind of any feedback and reflections. And we're all gonna, also going to talk about our coaching journeys, coaching something that a lot of us hear about or go into as professions. So we're both going to talk about our own perspectives about you know, uh, how we got into coaching and what it means to us. Great. Okay, shall we start by just having a little... Um chat about our our uh, successful first podcast and how how do you think it went brian what are your i like the way you call it successful which is good <laughs> well, it's uploaded like, and people can listen to it so in my technically, view, success. <laughs> yeah it technically works it, it is a podcast it's on podcasting <laughs> forums like so yeah we, we made it we launched it i think it's great i think it was fun to kind of put it out there and it's, it's one of those milestones like to kind of say oh i published a podcast it's like oh wow and then you can tell someone how easy it was and i think we i got comments from a couple of people like how do you do that it's something i wanted to do can you talk me through how, how you how you made it happen uh, people liked it as well as some comments from people that they really like the conversational style between us both so let's just be ourselves and keep doing that um yeah how about you what i know you put it in your newsletter as well did you get yeah. any feedback um similar to you i think i got feedback just sort of saying um people enjoyed listening to it i think for me it was the reason i say it's, it's successful is because um a podcast is one of those things that was kind of on my radar of things i would like to do but had never given it time or focus or really thought it through. So I think when you just said, hmm, shall we give this a go and just do it? I just loved that, um, that way of coming <laughs> at it where it was like, yes, let's just record a conversation and put it, put it on a podcast site and go from there. So it feels to me like, oh, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think we've had some really nice feedback. It felt very natural to do. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just nice to keep on sharing our um, curious insights and seeing how people feel about that. Absolutely. You've reminded me, actually, I went to this positive psychology kind of workshop recently and they're talking about you know, setting goals and achieving them and the benefits of doing that. And apparently it gives you like a serotonin release. So if you set a goal and you achieve it, it gives you this extra dose of serotonin. And then you, you're more likely to then achieve bigger and bigger goals rather than having one big goal that you never achieve and it just kind of drains you. So, yeah, I think we, we said, what can we do this year? And we said, let's do a podcast. And we did it. So, yeah, it, gave, it literally gave us like a serotonin buzz. And now we're going to do another episode and uh, hopefully we'll get more of a buzz from doing that. Yeah, and I also love the fact that we're just seeing where it takes us and there's no rules or no, like, it has to be this topic or it's just, let's just see what comes up today. And I know we've kind of set this broad um, title today just of thinking about our coaching journeys because that kind of is what makes sense because that's our connection to each other really, isn't it? That's almost yeah. how we, I know we met through LinkedIn. I say met in a virtual sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that seems to be whenever we speak, although it might not directly be about coaching, there is a coaching essence, I would say, in our conversations. Um, so yeah, I think we wanted to share a bit about our coaching journeys today. Do you want to, how, yeah, do you want to kick off with that or what should we do? Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking like, what, is it, what does it mean to be a coach? Because there's lots of different kind of roles, aren't there? Like often in companies they talk about mentors or you might have a professional coach or there's things like counselling or there's mm. other kinds of support, um, executive coaches. So what does it mean to be a coach? This is, it's like someone, you know, maybe you've, you've invested in who's going to give you regular, you know, to, to, you know, talk through your challenges and give you, you know, 
advice or help you kind of think through things you know, with a view to improving your performance in a certain area, whether it's your career or your you know, family situation or your personal life? How, how would you frame kind of being a coach and what it means to be yeah. a coach? I think for me, the main crux of any coaching that I've done myself and that I do is about um, really raising self-awareness and then having some coaching tools and techniques to follow through, to sort of reframe your situation, to raise your level of self-awareness. And then it's that once you've reframed something and you are more self-aware, that sense of there are more possibilities than I knew about, and then being able to take action on that, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. It reminds me of my first coaching experience, which was with a kind of friend of a friend, uh, Nikki. Uh, she runs the... Uh, wisdom of working mums podcast and um, yeah she was my professional coach about 10 years ago I'd kind of when we relocated to Luxembourg I changed from marketing into finance just to get a get a job here while she was working at the court um, and then I wanted, wanted to get back into product marketing so I kind of thought about having her as a coach to kind of help me also get my self-confidence back because I think I had a particular manager at the time who it wasn't bringing out the best of my confidence <laughs> and um, so I wanted and I got feedback like you know you your body language isn't very confident. So I thought, okay, great, I'll try this out. And it was a friend of a friend and I trusted her. And we did a lot on not just talking about experiences, but even the tools, starting with things like belief walls or like, you know, what about what is it you believe about yourself and your values or like even just like a diagram of tree, like what are the roots, what are the leaves? And then, uh, then going into more models like uh, NLP models about through time and in time. So when I was looking at my communication style with a particular person who was always like, always in the moment and never on time, we realize it's because I was through time and they were in time. So you can start to, it's not just talking it through and being self-aware, but actually it helps having these practical tools and models to kind of yeah. put some structure to it and kind of move forwards. I think that's it. And for, like, I find that everybody is completely different. So for some people, it's all in that conversation. It's all in that unpacking something and maybe they're um, more verbal. So it really helps for them just to unpack it that way. But then sometimes it's about following it up with having a different coaching tool or a different perspective but giving somebody that sort of thing to say oh you know here's a way to make sense of your world and what's happening right now at times when they might be quite confusing or overwhelming um yeah to help clear that sort of path forward is how I've always I think I'm sort of thinking of my own coaching experiences and what it's done what it's done for me as well so, yeah. how did were you coached before you became a coach yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about this um, just recently about what, what has led to coaching. So, yeah, I was coached before I, I was a coach. And I think also it's one of those things where, do you know, when you look back on your life or on period of time, and I kind of think it's just so obvious now. Like if I was someone looking in, I'd be like, well, it's obvious that you're a coach because that's kind of everything that you've done. But I didn't realise it at the time. So Coaching is as coaching does. But I just, so I started off working in, I've always sort of done jobs where I've used coaching skills without even realizing it so I worked in recruitment I worked in HR always using like listening skills and questioning supporting people encouraging people helping people to see their own like potential and I didn't even really know that that was a thing until um, I started having coaching myself so I have some coaching because I went through a really big just life change um, and needed some support and actually I thought what I needed was counselling, but I went to see a coach instead. And she just gave me some really, really good techniques to help with. I had a lot of anxiety at the time, so it was a really unsettling period. And she gave me some coaching, like 
um, I would say like cognitive behavioral coaching tools and like timeline therapy, things like that to help me make sense of what was happening with me. Everything was a bit up in the air. Um, and that was sort of my first real introduction. And then I read a book as well called um, Your Best Year Yet, which just sort of lays out these like 10 coaching tools. And I worked through that myself. Um, and then, yeah, I was working in HR. And then when I had my daughter, that's when I knew that I was going to work for myself, which was also like a, a, a lifelong dream. And then when I started thinking about what am I going to do, it just was so I was having conversations with friends and listening to their feedback and thinking like doing all this sort of stuff of looking back at like, where are my skills and what have I done? And even going back as far as like my degree was in psychology and then with the HR element and then having coaching myself and using it in my own life, it kind of just became really obvious that, oh yeah, this is <laughs> like, this is what I do. I didn't even know that I was just sort of doing it naturally and then have gone on to um, be qualified and accredited with EMCC as well. So, and obviously like always as a typical coach, but always on a learning journey, not saying like, <laughs> I've arrived <laughs> and I am now like the fully finished version, but always knowing that yeah, there's room to learn. There's so much, it's such a varied field. So yeah, sorry, so it's like, a bit of a tangent there. I, I like it. So it's <laughs> like you had these natural listening skills and encouragement skills and kind of questioning and then you know, that your work experience drew you in that area, but you never thought it was like, this is a set of skills which make me a coach. It's just a set of skills that came naturally to you. And then you invested in kind of reading and learning more about it. And you mentioned having your daughter made you decide, is that, to give you more flexibility or just kind of that, that life moment made you want to pursue your dreams more what was it about having your daughter that made mm. you want to be you know, go for it yeah a real mix of both those things I think there was like um, I was very naive about, <laughs> about having children and I just kind of thought that you know it's gonna have my daughter and life would just carry on as normal and then I had her and I was like oh <laughs> did you have yeah. that moment again when when she started school were you a bit naive about what the reality of I think it's, not, yeah. not to put you on the spot but no no it's that realization isn't it that it's just with children like it just changes and actually that's been a brilliant lesson to me in terms of for myself like being flexible and understanding that I'm actually not fully in control of what I want to do I have to have like another um there's like another layer of responsibility another layer of I don't know what to call it like a decision making layer if you like um, which is really, it's, I find that it's really good for me to question that as well. Um, but yes, in answer to your question, it was both. It was, um, yeah, so we don't have like any family locally that, you know, it's like I am childcare. That is, there's nobody else here to do that. So I am childcare. So just thinking, how is that going to work um, when she's at school um, and working in a full-time job? And then also there was another element that was really um I don't know, more of a psychological element, I suppose, where having my daughter just massively just changed my whole perspective about life and about mm -hmm. what I was doing. And I think I enjoy, I would go as far as I enjoyed um, the work I've been doing. I wasn't desperately unhappy, but there was just something in me that switched when I had her. So just feeling like, oh my goodness, what, what is it that I really, I think I was looking at her and thinking, you know, I really want her to be happy. I really want her to take every opportunity to do these things. And I was sort of feeling like, I'm not really doing that myself. Like, how am I doing that? And I started to feel like there was a real jar there for me of how can I want this for her if I'm not doing it myself? And how will she know how to do that if I'm not here doing it? Um, so yeah, there was a real yeah. element of stepping back. And again, I think just naturally like reframing my own situation 
and thinking what what would it be if I get to the end of my life what will what would I want to have done what would I wish I'd done so making those changes yeah yeah I can relate to that as well as you say you know, with children you were a kind of role model you know how you want them to be and as you say you kind of look at yourself and say well am I going for what I really want and mm. I can I can really relate to that do you use coaching techniques on, on your daughter at all? Because I've found, like, being a manager and a parent, I think there's, like, you know, there's cross-pollination of skills. Like, uh, things that I learned as a manager apply as a parent. Things I learned as a parent I can use as a manager. Do you find that at all? I know your daughter's quite young. But... Yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. It's just so hard not to. Because if that's your natural style as well, it's yeah. quite hard not to... Um, coach and particularly I think it's really lovely the school that she goes to they have things like every term they have like a value that they concentrate on so she's gone through what has she gone through like love and um, I think they're on courage at the moment and they're wow. just really great things for like starting conversations with her around like oh you know what does it mean to have courage and like how can you find courage today and, like asking you know quite coachy questions and I also just think the whole like um all the, the qualifications and training that I've done as well has really helped me as a parent in terms of like managing my own expectations managing my expectations of my daughter patience <laughs> like I say this as if like again I'm not a finished product but just I hadn't realized how difficult being a parent was until I was a parent so having all mm. of these tools for myself has been so helpful and that I can use with her as well yeah I had coaching this last year and it was about, you no, know, I guess I was looking for kind of a, like, there's a lot of mum coaches and parent coaches. I was looking for kind of dad coaches and, and the guy, uh, Ben uh, from Canada, got in touch. And uh, I just had a, I wanted to have a chat with him just to kind of find out you know, about what he was doing. And actually, I thought, no, you know, what? I could really I could really do some coaching myself right now mm -hmm. just because of you know, the difficult family situation or how I was relating to something. And it really helped. And I think that you know, I invested a lot. You no, know, it's expensive, but like I kind of traded that off against like if I can't resolve the situation, maybe I need to go kind of get a private school or you no, know, could it end in divorce or you no know, could so I kind of justified the investment in coaching about you no know, actually it could make a big difference and it's not just a nice to have it, it could really help my life right now. And it did. And I mean it was it was very good. We had the kind of these cards we were using and each and each uh, you know, these kind of online card kind of Trello board things. And we had you no know, different sessions working on different kind of techniques and to see different perspectives. I think I took a lot about just being gentle and about being gentle with myself, being gentle with you know, my child. Um, and that's really helped and really kind of opened up communication channels, things are going a lot better. Not not just because of me and the coaching, obviously because of other things as well, but it was definitely kind of worthwhile for me to do that. And I think, yeah, we maybe we just, we just have these expectations of ourselves that you know, we should be the perfect parents and we should just get in, you know, but it doesn't work like that. And, mm. and we, I know we can't be impatient sometimes with, with our children we need to kind of give them time and give them gentleness and not control the outcome so it's really nice that you kind of you know you're helping your daughter kind of really flourish by asking her to kind of question things and you're not just telling her what things are but also kind of encouraging her to think for herself yeah. that's kind and of self-awareness you talked about at the start yeah and I think it, yeah I think anything that we can if, if we're open to learning ourselves like you're talking about and all the sort of the things that you sort of questioned in your um, coaching journey as well with Ben, you know, like if we're sort of showing that it's okay not to know the answers and it's okay to go and find the answers and it's okay to ask other people for help, that is a real starting point, I think, in itself. And I think from what you're describing there, right, you sort of said, oh, it's not just the coaching in itself and it never is. But I think 
sometimes with coaching, it sort of sets the big picture scene. And then what happens in that person's life is that they'll kind of have a new backdrop to work against, you know, and then be able to move forward, but with a different perspective. So it's all the little things that add up to the big, big things as well. Actually, just a yeah, little, um, so. yeah. sorry, just touching on what I was going to say, just touching on what you were saying before, there was um, working with a coach myself around parenting as well. And one of the things that just really shifted absolutely everything for me was um, that I was already focusing on the word connection for myself. Um, and with my coach, she sort of started setting me, just thinking about like, so in the situations that you're finding frustrating, mm-hmm what would be the best way to connect with your daughter in that moment and that just like totally changed everything and my behavior as a result of that so when I would find so as an example I went to um, take my daughter to a swimming lesson Mm -hmm. that I'd like paid for over the summer holidays and it was like a week-long course and all of this and when we got there she just wouldn't get in the pool she just didn't want to get in the pool she was beside herself crying everyone was looking at me and those are the kind of situations where I get very like feel like everyone's judging me I get very anxious and um, I start putting it all onto her I've been like you will get in that pool <laughs> you know I brought you here tomorrow. and when I totally. it, so I caught myself having those thoughts and getting really embarrassed and overwhelmed in that moment and then when I flipped it to actually how am I connecting with my daughter it really stopped me to think like what's going on for her then like why is she upset and also like what's if the most important thing is connection then that means that it's not that important if she gets in the pool or not. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what do I want her to learn in yeah. this situation? What do I want to take away myself from this situation? It just completely changed the whole, like the outcome being like, she must get in the pool, turned into a, actually, I really wanted to know that um, I'm here for her and that I listen to her and that I want to understand her, even when I, even if I don't, that I want to and have a willingness to. So yeah, sorry, just as a real like, that's an example. Of That's a really good tip, actually. I mean, I could have done with that thinking about that this morning. Um, <laughs> with my 13-year-old. I mean, the school had like a like a disco last last night, and then they got home late, and then this morning didn't want to go to school because they were tired. And they're just like they've missed a, f- a few other days of school recently. So it's like, no, come on, you've got to get going. Last day before half term. And I think I could have done with stopping and saying, how am I connecting with my child? I just the mission was just to get them on the school on the bus and making sure they went inside the school building <laughs> but there's been other times though when i don't know there's been conflicts with the school um about the you know, medical examinations that my child didn't want to do because they felt uncomfortable and during a car journey i was picking them up from their friends i just kind of i didn't know didn't, didn't force them and say the school says you have to do this by law but just said oh good for you for you know saying that i'm not going to do this it makes me feel uncomfortable and i hope that they kept doing that and, and i think i have had moments where i focus more on building the communication relationship than i mean the end result doesn't really matter what matters is that you know, they get validated about you know, who they are and being able to do certain skills mm. uh so yeah i think moment from moment sometimes things just have to like in, it, it, sometimes in dangerous situations where it's just like you just need to do this but in other situations i guess you know they got that coachable moment idea yeah or just kind of but I think more and more that's a good tip actually I'll try and kind of connect more or how can I connect with my child in this situation mm-hmm. and not just with my child but with like you know, my wife or with other people because sometimes there's multiple stakeholders in a situation and that makes it more complicated as well if not everyone's thinking the same way yeah even that even just in those moments just thinking like if connection is the end goal what's my next move here that I just find sometimes having a word and that's why you know I set my like word of the year energy thing. So energy this year yeah. um, but it's so helpful because it just always I just find that I'll just always come back to it in whatever way 
it just sort of yeah it just really helped in the last year connection is my word and it massively helped me in everything in my business and in work and relationships and with my daughter like you say it's a really good idea it reminds me of this I've got some advice from my coach as well which is sometimes and this works as much for children as for adults but when you're kind of in conflict with someone or it feels like it could be where you sit relative to them can make a difference so if you're sitting opposite someone i know we're kind of opposite each other now on the, on the skype <laughs> but um basically the issue is between you but the, you know you're facing the person that person is kind of the issue so what i do now is go and sit by the side of someone so sit by the side of my child or sit by the side of my wife or a colleague and then you're putting the issue in front of you and i guess also with my wife we go on walks at the weekend and sometimes if there's issues you, you're kind of putting it in front of you rather than putting it putting you know that person know in line with the issue so there's yeah. even like things like that about how you they're just tips and there's loads of different tips but that's just one that i've i continue to use about how to diffuse situations or to kind of build rapport with people that's a really good tip and also that the solution is in front of you as well you know like if you're walking together ah, that you're like I just you're like such a good coach that's it. such a nice reframing of it <laughs> <laughs> rather than walking into the issue <laughs> i like that and that reminds me of a great book time to think um, it, yeah. you know the, the line where it says the brain that contains the problem is most likely to contain the solution so yeah. when when you're listening to someone and they're telling you something and it's, it seems obvious to you what they should do because that's what you would do it's like the video of the person with the nail in their head like it's not about the nail it's just about helping them figure it out in their own context and based on what's best for them they, they know what the answer is and your and your role is sometimes just to help them come yeah. to that solution not about telling them what to do which rarely works yeah, in it, with anybody, <laughs> children included, yeah. children more so. <laughs> it's interesting different levels though, because you mentioned about CBT and I think when I've done coaching, it has been at that cognitive behavioural kind of like in your, in your brain and kind of mental models and ways of thinking about things and framing things. And no, I think there's other levels that I need to, that I've worked on over the past 20 years, I think, because I had childhood trauma. I've you know, done a lot you know, initially at university with counselling, but then over the last few years with EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing, where you mm -hmm. kind of open up memories and traumas through bilateral stimulation, you know, whether it's a flashing light or, or sounds or you know, movements, but um, which is very similar, I found, to kind of more like shamanic and spiritual know healing work as well and also I've done hypnosis in the past and really getting whether it's the fetal layer of the brain or whether it's whether it is actually your chakras and something spiritual whatever it's it, it works and it, it takes it out of your head and looks at your body holistically and mm. so I kind of personally balance between those kind of deeper healing kind of like you know, addressing traumas and or addressing issues that you're carrying I mean you're in your body um versus kind of mental models and thinking about kind of career and stuff i think they overlap yeah. and, but i think there's also some stigma when i've you know did, did counseling and done therapy and psychiatry i think there's a lot of stigma around that and um whereas i think coaching i mean you have sports coaches right the tennis coaches and things like that or athletic coaches it's not quite so it's not stigmatized i don't think mm, uh, maybe it is i don't know do you I find it stigmatized having coaching or people think why do i need this I think it's becoming more of a thing, isn't it? That it's sort of accepted yeah. that people do have um, coaches. But just, yeah, just touching on what you were saying there about the um, stigma with counselling and, and psychiatry. I don't know if you saw this recently, but I saw a headline about um, Prince Harry saying he reveals that he's having counselling about his mother's death. And I just saw that. I just yeah. thought, like, A, reveal. You know, like the language is so <laughs> kind of like, he's revealing, like it should be a secret, like he should be keeping it underneath something and not talking about it. Yeah. And then also I just thought like, well, like to me that would just be obvious. Like if your mum dies when you're young, then yeah. 
you know, like well, it's, it's like if like you like broke the, your leg, it's like Prince Harry reveals he has yeah, surgery to fix his leg. So, I mean, <laughs> I think like mental health is, is even though like it affects one in four of us, then no, it's still so so stigmatized, and people are kind of really scared about it or don't know how to do with it. While it's becoming more and more of an issue in our kind of industrialized kind of high pressure society, and it's mm. no, it's, it's something we really need to address. I think the way that but, media yeah. talks about um, mental health and just yeah. in terms of like just, you know, it might be interesting just to notice as well. Like I've started really noticing just the words that you use, like reveal mm. or uh, admit sometimes. It's like so-and-so admits yeah. that it's they like had some guilt or shame about it's like, it. Yeah. yeah. It's just funny. Yeah, the media weird. does. I guess it, it sells papers and stuff. Mm. But it, it's, it's interesting, yeah, because someone got in touch with me again. And I, I guess through LinkedIn, I've had people saying, oh, I've got this kind of give you a taster session and there's someone I'm going to have a taster session with next week. It's quite interesting. It's a coach from the UK. I think she's American. She's a PhD and she coaches non-Americans working in American tech companies, <laughs> which I, I am in that situation. And I was like, That's, I'm really curious about that. But then I kind of I thought, well, why not? So I'm going to do a taster session with her. And, and, yeah. and, and then I also had a taster session about a year ago with someone called Beatrix who did this the sleep coaching and I hadn't been sleeping very well and she gave me like a really good taster session and it basically helped me figure out what was going on like no sometimes we can't sleep because we basically save all our thinking up for when we're in bed and it's just about making time during the day to process everything mm. that you're thinking about and then by the time you're in bed you just go to sleep because you have, whereas if you don't if you just go from one thing to the other without taking in pauses that's what I meant and as a non-smoker I mean people who smoke they have these smoking breaks and it's kind of like exhalation and mindfulness and and while it's bad for your lungs potentially, it's it's good for your you know, processing. Mm. So I sometimes just go like on like a five minute walk, or just do I do a sunshine break, or just look at the window for five minutes, and just look at the sunshine or the horizon, mm. and just pray. Like what have I been thinking about? What are they? I've just gone through my emails. Like, maybe you know, what stood out for me? Is that I'm surprised? Otherwise, you just got it. It will build up. So I had like this kind of, I think it was maybe an hour taste of coaching session, and then it really made an impact. So. I, I encourage people if, if coaches get in touch with you or if you just sometimes you can get these taster sessions and then either you think that's that's all I needed or no thanks or you think yeah I like that I want more of that. Mm. I love your curiosity Brian I love that like, <laughs> you're just curious about stuff and I love like just your experimental attitude to things just being like you know just, I think we're, I think I'm similar to you in that way of just I sort of yeah I think I like that about that's how I feel we connect sometimes is this whole sort of like have you heard about this like <laughs> you know, I know, and that's why we're doing our get curious podcast so um no it's been really lovely to talk to you this time about coaching and um yeah I, I've enjoyed this and we look forward to putting publishing this this podcast and um I look forward to our next episode when we can think of what we're going to talk about next okay should we say goodbye yeah let's say goodbye yeah see you next time Thank you.